Hello and welcome to the tavern. Tonight's episode was sponsored by Mad World. Check them out at www.itsworldmadness.com. Don't miss out on our Tavern X Mad World hoodie. You can find it at their website. Grab it while it's on sale. If you want to check out anything else related to us, go to www.thetavernpodcast.com. You guys can check us out live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Reality. Come join our Tavern family. We'd love to have you. As always, I'm guest host by Landon. How are you, sir? Hey, we're doing good. Don't forget, we are powered by StreamYard. Absolutely. Thanks for bringing it in, Clutch Buddy. And tonight, our very special, very, very excited to have her on, Miss Marianne St. Clair. She is a modern-day muse here to talk to us about porn addiction and the ghost you can never feed. Hello, hello, and thanks, guys, for having me here. It's an exciting, you know, adventure to come into two guys in a tavern podcast and talk about porn addiction. Ooh, <laughs> what am I up for? So, Ooh, it's, it's um, interesting. Yeah, um, I've been a modern day muse for almost all of my life. I used to do what was called coaching and it just didn't seem right, didn't fit right. And, you know, getting into the, the, the feminine part of myself and really calling it forward and talking about the things that are passionate for me, which is sex and money and sensuality and creativity. And so I bring all of that together in this mixing pot of a modern day muse. And I work with people, you know, really to live an orgasmic life. Who doesn't want that, right? Right. The big O. We're all chasing that, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I just want to give a shout out to Mike. He is our VIP number one follower. He's always here. You can always count on Mike being here. Um, Onyx, thanks for joining the chat, buddy. We'd love to see you over there. Coaching. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Teach you, man, how to be orgasmic. Yes. Mm -hmm. So uh, a little background on uh, Mike here. Uh, he's going to be forever a uh, premium member for free uh, when, when we get into that. Uh, but he's he's definitely our biggest supporter for sure. Welcome, Mike. So I want to open up with the first question here. What led you to explore topics on porn addiction, chasing sex and money, sensual energy, pleasure, and what do you hope to achieve through your work? Mm, great question. So I, I see, you know, I like pleasure and I think we've been dealt a raw deal in our life of really, you know, listening to all of the powers that be the, um, maybe the religions, maybe the, the teachers or parents that we had that taught us that pleasure was a bad thing that really put this wall between what is so natural to us and made us go into a lot of shame, a lot of um, guilt. And so what I really hope to do is help people to free themselves up from that guilt and shame so that they can really truly feel and live from a place of making pleasure a priority 
And when we talk about pleasure, it goes all the way from, you know, feeling good about yourself, feeling good in your body to being able to express yourself in the world and also to, you know, just enjoy life in general and not be always chasing something that you can never feed and coming from a place of guilt and shame. Who wants that? Exactly. So just as a, as a male perspective, when you talk about that, I think we're raised as men to try to downplay our sexual desires because we may come across as scary or we may come across as something that should be feared because men are in a lot of people's eyes naturally predatory and so that's i think maybe harder for a man to do to open up to that sensual side and to show those feelings without being worried he'd be judged for those things what's your take on that right because we came from a lot of damaged people we came from a lot of people who are carrying a lot of baggage who are you know we're dealing with their own traumas and dealing with their own stuff along the way and that trickles down the line too you know our parents carried this baggage now we carry that baggage plus our own baggage right and so you wonder why there's porn addiction you wonder why that there is so much child um sexual um uh, where they're they're kidnapping children and using them for sex is when when all of this is pent up in about a in a bunch of shame and blame and and when you don't feel comfortable in your own body you don't feel comfortable to express yourself and you brought up something a second ago where I feel very passionate about is that most people are living up in their heads. They're living totally up in their heads. They're, they're living in a monkey mind that is just programmed with a bunch of what I call beliefs, barriers, and bullshit. I love it. (laughs) Go ahead. The triple B's. Yeah, the triple B's. Barriers, beliefs, and bullshit. When you come from that place, how can you be afraid? You know, how can you be but anything but afraid to to really come into your body, know that your body's safe? We We all need to create a sense of safety within our own body, you know, where we're not gonna be hit, we're not gonna be, I mean, as kids, we were hit, we were shoved over in the corner, we were made to feel like we're, we were a piece of shit, you know? Yeah. And, yeah. and so how can you, you want to come into your body and awaken it and feel again, especially as men? And I, I welcome you to start exploring that a lot of those things i I take my clients and stuff on an excavation of the dirty little lies i call Mm. them and all those things that you were taught that are untruths and when you start excavating these things then you can start feeling more and more safe you can start feeling more and more home in your own body because you can inhabit more of your own authentic self. So 
when we come into our body and we awaken our body, that's where all the senses are. We're here to experience life, not sit there and be in a corner in a false world, in a, um, a virtual world, living there, afraid to go out into the real world because that's where connection happens. And so it's really good to get in back into our bodies and not just be up in our heads, believe in all that shit. You know, it's, I think it's wonderful that we're having this discussion tonight. Um, I'm personally going through a separation. So I'm at, I'm thir- about to be 32 years old, going through a separation, been with the woman since I was in high school. So I'm mm. very much going through a reawakening of myself and rediscovery of myself. She's doing mm. the same. We're, very peaceful if you know hopefully she's watching this and still as supportive as she's always been uh but this is i think this is a really good topic especially for someone in that point in their life because at some point we all hit that moment you know where we've got to rediscover yeah and and how long you know do you want to rediscover just a little bit of yourself or do you want to rediscover truly what is who exactly. you are you know, because you can take, I just turned 60, believe it or not. And I don't, I don't really believe yeah, that. I was about but... to say, <laughs> I, like, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said that number. Yeah, no, I was born in 62. So I just turned 60 and, you know, I'm, I'm more alive now. I, there's a sense of aliveness that when you can get rid of all those blocks, you really tune in to this thread of aliveness that that and i call it coming alive to a whole new vibe and so you're on that that sense of discovery and when you do and you tap into it and you really tune into these frequencies of yourself it's amazing and then you're not trying to feed the hungry ghost because the hungry ghost you'll never feed. And we can go into what that is when you want to get there, but it's, you'll never, you'll never satiate it because it, 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 you can't do enough. You can't, you can't sit there behind your chair and excuse my language, but you can't jack off enough to, to satiate it. Uh, it's funny that you're, you talk about this, you know, awakening and stuff because, um, fun, fun fact, I'm divorced. Uh, when I was going through my divorce, uh, I went on a spiritual journey and, uh, you know, I, I unlocked a door and it, I, instead of being like, you know, hesitant about going through the pathway, I just jumped right in and never looked back. And it changed my perspective on everything, how I look at life, you know, uh, the colors everywhere are more vivid now. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, the gift just keeps on getting better because I went through that spiritual journey and I found who I was meant to be. Uh, it, it has helped me to, you know, help other people become, you know, that who they're meant to be, you know, I, I put them on I, the pathway. Can I, can I butt in there for a second? Sure. You're always who you're meant to be. Well, sure. And it's who's behind all the masks, you know, because it's, it's just truly you connecting deeper inside Mm -hmm. rather than 
what this whole facade is that we've bought into. I love that you say it that way. I was having a discussion with my mother the other day, actually. And prior to this, you know, separation, me and her really only talk like once a week. You know, I may call her real quick at night. Hey, have a good night. But we've been having a lot more deeper discussions because of what I am going through. She's been very supportive. My mother, shout out, love you. Um, but I have learned the older I get, I speak more poetically. There's a lot more meaning behind what I say. And I take into consideration what comes out of my mouth a lot more. And to my mother, she was just like, cut the bullshit. And I was like, it's not bullshit. I'm just being more considerate with how I word things. And she's like, I just don't understand. You know, to me, it just sounds like a load of malarkey. I was like, and it may be because you never had someone speak to you with intention. You never had someone speak to you who thought about the weight of their words before they said it. So you just hear a bunch of malarkey because you look for action. I said, and that's great. But I hope that the next woman I find, I can speak to her with intention and she understand it as well as see the action afterwards to, to know that the words I am speaking are true. And I really mean those. And she was like, I guess I just looked at it that way because to me, love is i know he just got done working all day and he's hurting but he still picked up that heavy thing for me because he didn't want me to do it and i said and that's beautiful i'm glad that you have that type of love but he's also a man of few words i'll never be a man of few words that's just not who i am and the older i get and the more that i go through this the more i learn that i speak about my feelings i cry when i need to cry and thank you. that's just who i am thank you because we want to feel you and we want you to feel us. And when men aren't capable of feeling, it's, it's, it hurts. It hurts us as women because there's a, we both all, okay, so there's gender men and women, but there's also the frequencies of male and female energy within us. Yes. Okay. And when you are not tuned in and tapped in and turned on to your female part of who you are, that's where we're seeing a lot of burnout is because yep. people are strictly coming from their burnout. I mean, from their masculine, they're in the rat race, they're going, they're logical, they're not in touch with their feelings and living in their body. Yep. And so when you can be expressive and sharing and being part of, you know, a fully integrated human being, having that compassion and having that vulnerability to share your feelings. Hallelujah. You know, because Absolutely. we're all just human beings. And so mm -hmm. I celebrate that in you. Thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. that. It's nice to hear that, you know, my feelings aren't in vain and that others are, welcoming that change in me um well, i want to take a moment all... to say hello chloe welcome my <laughs> chloe with a k consistency thanks for showing up as always uh chloe mentions what about they them what is your take on that kind of thing awesome oh thank you chloe uh you know there's they them because we have masculine and feminine in us and so there is all of you are welcome the they them the she the he the him her it's it's all of it is welcome hopefully that answered your question here chloe <laughs> a 
Landon, do you want to take that next uh, question in the list? Because she did mention the hungry ghost, and I feel like you'd be good on this one. Oh, I, I thought I was going to take the third one. Uh, how do you define the hungry ghost, and in what ways can it manifest in addiction, obsession, or other destructive behaviors? So this is not my term. This is a wonderful, very um, credited um, family therapist, um, um, Mateo Gabor, Gabor Mateo. And you can find them all out on um, YouTube and everywhere. But he talks about the hungry ghost being that that part that you're trying to, any kind of addiction, any kind of, that's what we're trying to feed. We're trying to feed that part of us that somewhere along the line through trauma, through, um, you know, being some form of trauma, there was this severed part of us, severed, yes, severed part of us. And we're always trying to, to feel, feed that part, Lo feel loved, feel comforted, feel happy. But it's until we go in and really start excavating that and, and, you know, finding those parts of us that want to be seen, heard, felt when that six little, six year old little kid, you know, got left behind or got raped or whatever happened at that six to seven year old, you know, little kid. And sometimes even earlier than that, there's parts of us that we left behind and we, and we're trying to feed it by these addictions and it never gets satiated. You can try until you're blue in the face, but until you go and you find out why don't I feel loved? Why aren't I happy? What is behind there? And where am I, you know, not trusting myself or not mm -hmm. trusting others? A lot of times we build walls so thick and so big that, that nobody could penetrate it. You know, a wife or they may be loving us with all that they have and we will never feel it if we don't find out why, what's behind. And so the concept of the hungry ghost is something I just really encourage you to go out, look at more, um, research his work and, um, dive into it. You know, what is it inside of you that's keeping you going into an addiction, smoking pot? Let's just, you know, look at it because they think that, pot is a gateway drug no it's what's behind there that you i think pot is great you know right. what it's do you go on to the next thing do you alcohol or whatever you're trying to bury yourself numb your feelings make yourself to where you can cope in life is what you're trying to feed and it's it those just are never going to do it they're just building a wall and they're, they're keeping you in a place where I say you're dead while you're still living. And I'd rather be fully alive. I, I totally agree. So you mentioned these addictions and, you know, we're specifically talking about porn, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so, and you mentioned earlier, you said 
you could never jack off enough. So now imagine that on a perspective for men and women, if they are trying to cope with fear, anxiety, doubt, self-image, whatever it is that they're, they're battling, and their choice of drug is a porn addiction or masturbation, what does that say and how does that affect their trauma? They get sad and they masturbate to, I guess, escape reality? And then what's your take well, on that? They get it. They get a hit. You know, when you have an orgasm, you you get a, a dopamine hit. You get a you know you get a feel good hormones, and so, but it's very temporary, and so it's like you know with any kind of drug or any kind of when you're, you know, if you're taking an opiate or you're taking a, a drug of some sort, you take a little bit the first time and you really get high. And then you need more and then you need more and then you need more. It's the same with porn. And so what happens, I'm not saying that watching a porn with your girlfriend, you know, in an intimate with intention is a bad thing. I'm not saying that. I'm saying someone who's escaping reality, who's wanting to feel better for a minute and they have that um, they have that release that high that takes the pressure off what they're doing what what you don't realize you're doing with porn addiction is you are letting your life force go so you're having you're not sexual energy is the most potent energy we have it is the most um you think about it it's when you when you have sex with a, a woman you can make a baby that is bringing life into being when you learn how to cultivate your sexual energy you can put it to an intention and you can begin to create things and magnify the things that you want in life because you're putting that sexual energy towards it instead of just trying to release because I hear over and over again when somebody is a porn addict that they feel tired all the time. They feel sad. They feel like they, they're more and more reclused from life and the things that they want. They want to have an intimate relationship with a, a woman, but they can't because they're fearful. And so the more they keep this closed closet addiction and then they're they're that every time that semen goes out every time that life force goes out without like you can have a orgasm where you keep it in and that is so much healthier than letting this you know the orgasm out and the the life force out because you're just giving your precious energy to nothing mm. Mm. never thought of it that way did you no that's oh. that that goes uh right down the rabbit hole alice yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just say welcome mikaru thank you for joining chat go ahead and uh, drop a follow become part of our tavern family we'd love to have you um so my question for you there when it comes to you know you're saying a release and that life force and this is something i have tried to 
explained to people in the past. I have friends who have been through things, or I had a friend recently. She was like, I'm just never going to be in a relationship again. No one's ever going to want me, so I'm just going to go hoe around. And I was like, that's not who you are, and that's not okay. Like, I'm sorry that that's how you're feeling, but you're worth more than that. I said, don't just give that away because it's worth something. And every time, at least to me, that you make love with another person, you are giving away a piece of yourself to that person, but you're also in return accepting a piece of that person. So can you imagine how your puzzle piece of a soul has now been all mismatched and you're like a quilt and those quilts, you don't know what's going on with them, you know? And I mean, that's, that's my personal opinion on that. So I can completely understand where you're coming from with giving away life force because you quite literally are. Your and when you're, when you're, like what you said, you're taking in DNA from people you have no idea, and yep. you're not valuing yourself. You're not valuing who you are, what you bring to the table, what you, you know, why you are here on this earth, and you really don't need to go through a lot more trauma, and to to wake up. I mean, some people don't ever get out of that and then drugs come in or then they get injured or hurt in the process of that behavior. So it's, I love what you said to her and thank you for standing up and being a man that stands up and, and, and shines light on that for her. Because I think that's what we all need to do. We need to stop being quiet about things. I think men need to be checking men and you need to be saying, cut it out, quit treating women yes. like that. Get, you know, stop it. And then women, we need to stop catcalling each other. We need to stop, you know, like if a beautiful woman walks by and she's dressed like a Kardashian or something, we need to go, wow, she looks good. Instead of she looks like a hoe, you know, exactly. I mean, it, it's we the, we all have a different flavor we all have different things to bring but we first and foremost we need to value who we are and Thank we need you. to know that we are lovable we are valuable and we have something here or we wouldn't be here exactly well that really uh, brings me into okay go ahead go ahead i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't mean to cut you off there i'm just i'm oh. finding the older i get the more that for me personally, it's not about a physical sexual desire for a woman. It is about a mental and spiritual. If she can connect with me that deeply, and if she can truly understand who I am and what it is that I am trying to speak to the world, that is the biggest turn on a woman can do for me is to just know me on a spiritual level. I, I've never been one that cared too much about a woman's looks anyway, because that's just not the kind of guy that I am. But there's something about a spiritual connection with a woman that is just top-notch. And I, I wish soul more men could see past the skin. It's a soul-to-soul. -soul. It, you know, it goes much deeper. You know, like it looking really in your eyes and going way, way beyond what is on the surface. Yes. What had landed wanting to spin her around that's the kind of love that i'm looking for i'm looking for the mundane the woman that wants to hold my hand while we grocery shop 
She wants to dance and sing in the kitchen while we learn to cook a new meal. That's the love that I'm looking for. And yeah. I just wish more men could see that and move past, wow, she's got a nice rack. Yeah. That's not what's important. And if that's what you're looking for, that's all you're ever going to get. And you're always going to feel like you're longing hungry for something. Ghost. That's a hungry ghost. That's a total yep. hungry ghost. What you got over uh, there, Landon? Uh, I was going to ask, what role do you believe shame and stigma play in the development and uh, perpetuation of addiction? And how can we work to reduce these barriers to seeking help? Yeah. So I think that shame and um, guilt are the two biggest culprits. You know, they are just the, the, the volcano waiting to erupt in each one of us, mm -hmm. you know, and they, it goes in like cancer and infects every part of our being. If we allow it, you know, because you'll start feeling shameful about, you know, the way you look, then you'll feel, you'll feel bad about and guilty because you did something wrong. You ever walk through a store or walk through and you hear people who just almost bumped into you, but I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm mm -hmm. sorry. Everybody's walking around. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Mm, when, you like that. when you attach the word sorry, to I am, you are affirming all over the place that you are sorry. Mm. So I tell this you. person all the time, stop saying you're sorry for things that you don't need to be sorry for. I understand if you genuinely made a mistake, but, but that, that shows me how, how much damage has been done to you that you just feel sorry all the time. And you deserve more than that. Stop it. You are amazing. You are worth love. You are. <sighs> yeah. Just put me on. I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> Look at me. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, Brandon. I really appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that, Landon, over there. No, and, no. And how can we begin a road out of this? Isn't that basically what you're asking me is how yes. can we begin to... So first, I think we need to wake up and become aware. We need to wake up and become aware of what the internal talk is that we're saying to ourselves all the time. Because I feel like our own minds are the biggest deep, dark neighborhood that you think that you can go down in a dark alley. What you say to yourself all the time and the self-talk that's going on in that head up there is some pretty sketchy stuff. If we really want to be, you know, if we really want to think about it. And I think so becoming aware of what our self-talk is and becoming aware of some of the patterns that we are looped into, like a broken record, just playing over and over and over again. They're not the truth and they can be, you know, you can't skip over it to a new place on a LP record or it just doesn't have to stay there and keep playing forever. There's so much more to you than that broken record. There's so much more to you than affirming I'm a porn addict. You can become a non-porn addict anytime you want to when you change the behaviors. 
And so what's on the other side of that is the life that you truly want, the intimacy that you truly want, that you're, you're, you know, doing over and over again with porn. It happens when you start believing in yourself, when you change those patterns, when you begin to stop those dirty little lies from ruling, running and ruling your life. And you begin to find the things that you want in life and you start building the muscle. It's like going to the gym. You can build a muscle that says, I am worthy and I am going to find a my soulmate or my girlfriend or I'm going to find somebody who really wants to go out with me so I don't have to sit here and be scared in my chair playing video games 24-7. You can get up. You can get out. You can get yourself out of the house and around people and start building conversations. And it, it happens over time. And you can do it. We all can do it. We all can live a happy, orgasmic life, but we can't live the life we're living now. And we have to be willing to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you, like, when would you consider it a porn addiction and not just casual masturbation? Hmm. Great question. Great question. So what's the intent behind it? Ooh. Ooh. Hmm. Are you filling a void or are you truly just getting your rocks off real quick? (laughs) Maybe you're trying to go to bed a little early tonight, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes, you know, we like to, there's, there's some sensual, beautiful, um, if I can't be with a lover or I can't engage in, um, in having a massage, being able to look at a very sensual, beautiful, erotic massage is not something, it's an art form. It is not something, and, and when, when I'm watching it for the, the point of, you know, beauty and so it's the intent behind if you're just doing it with a mindless state to get that feeling and then to go on and to and you're doing that more and more and more like i said to feed the hungry ghost it it, there's a lot it's completely different so check in with your intention of why you're doing it that's a good way to put that it's, it's the same, I think, with, you know, people who drink. Are you going out on the weekend and having a drink with the guys because you guys are having fun tonight and you're just shooting pool? Or are you going to the bar and drink because you went to the bar to drink? Or did you go home only- every night and have to take that six-pack to be able to go to sleep at night or to be able to stand your girlfriend or to be able to, you know, look at yourself in the mirror or whatever you're running from? Did you need to drink every night or... Did you, are you going out to have a good time with your friends once a week, once every two weeks, whatever, and and you drink a couple drinks, but you're not drinking to get drunk. Exactly. Exactly. It's a big difference. It's a lot. It's a big thing. I totally agree. (laughs) Thank you all over here in the chat for all the stickers and all of the gifts and all the likes. 
I really appreciate everybody. You guys are amazing. I just want to take time to remind you that. It's a good conversation. We're up to 599 likes already. Sweet. They're they're loving it. (laughs) They just keep pouring in. So, Landon, you want to take the next question? I've been pretty vocal. Yeah, I, I was. I was just getting there. Uh, we're we're kind of trading off here as we go. Uh, how do you think the societal norms and culture expectations around sexuality and gender impact our relationship with sexual energy and pleasure? Yeah, well, I can only um, do it from the woman's standpoint, and I can ask you guys to give me, but I can tell you what my clients have said, and I can tell you what my research has said, but I can't tell you what it is to be in a man's body to know that. (laughs) Um, You know, I think that there's so much that I, you know, stop doing that because you look like a sissy or stop, you know, uh, uh, there's so many times that we are made to toughen up or we're made like we're wrong because we acted a certain way when all we did was act a certain way. And there was no freedom really in being expressed. You were made to, here's a good one that I, I just have to bring into the space because it just popped into my head. Think about when we're a little kid, we go to kindergarten, we go to preschool, everything is all bright colors and it's all very fancy, you know, there's textures and it's, you walk into any, any kindergarten classroom and it's like, oh, I want to go play there, right? I want to go play. I want to have fun. Everything is all about pleasure. It's a, it's a good day. Yeah. And then the more you go to school, the more the barbed wire goes up, the green walls are there, the um, ruled um, ruled lines of paper, the, the number two pencil, the black or blue pen is what you're left with when you leave there. Yep. There's something wrong with that system. I've, I've been saying it for years. My mother works for the school district, and so does my father. And one in elementary school and one in middle school. And she's baffled by the amount of progress that we're making in our elementary schools, but it still isn't enough. And then once you hit the middle school, that's it. There's no turning back. It's the same old curriculum and rules. And like our children are being taught things that don't matter. And not that they don't matter at all, but don't matter in their daily life. And they're being told that these are the things they're going to need to know. And then when they get out in the real world, it's shell shock because they don't need it. We need to learn to play until the day we die because play and pleasure are the two things that are stripped from us. And they're the two things that make it so that we continue learning. We won't be afraid to take risks. We will feel good in our bodies. We will learn how to communicate with each other because that's what we did on the playground. But going back to your question, Landon, I got way over here. (laughs) Sorry about that. But the gender roles and how does it really, um, you know, take us away? I think we're just, just on the infancy. Right now, men don't know because of this whole wave of feminine energy coming alive. Men are going 
who what the who how do they want us to be they oh, you have God is on how to act am I supposed to I'm not gonna be feminine but truly you know there's we're just learning how to be women because we don't know how to be women either and you guys are just learning how to be men yep and I say that in all my with all my being that I'm still learning what it is to be a fully integrated woman who's not, you know, demasculizing men, you know, speaking yep. and, and, you know, chopping your dicks off or whatever. But, you know, and you that around here, what you'll, you'll have that around here. You know, when women get uh, a little unruly. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time you turn around. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're still trying to, and I'm on, I've been a coach for 25 years. So have I mastered what I'm learning and self-help and, and all of these things and who I am and everything? No, I'm still on my journey and I'm 25 years into this part of it. So I can't expect somebody who just is waking up i can say you guys are waking up to something that is way more ahead than where i came from shoveling the shit out 25 years ago but i think we're just we're, we're not there yet and we're still learning and we're still on this journey of who we are becoming i would pose a question to society as a whole why is it that men are taught from an early age how to treat a woman but women are never taught at an early age how to treat a man not that it sinks in for a lot of men but that it just the roughness of that question but we are we're taught to obey Ooh, that's a good rebuttal we are Mm. we're taught that our voice doesn't matter we're supposed Mm. to do as he says we're supposed Mm. to um that our that what we ask for doesn't matter as much as what he wants us to do. I am sorry to hear that. I didn't know it was like that. And as from yeah. a man's perspective, we just hear that a woman gets what she wants all the time, and that we have to bow down and do what she says. And you've See, got to be nice to a woman. You've got to give her everything. And then if she decides she wants to leave, you have to let her have everything. And that you don't matter as a man and as a father if you don't have something you can provide. As a man, that's the things that was drilled into our heads every day. You're not allowed to have feelings. Exactly. And the day that you fail to provide is the day that she wants to leave. And we've had this conversation actually with another set of podcast groups. And we mentioned that as a man, have you ever heard of the uh, our problem tree? Have you ever heard of that? As a man, there's a thing that most of us do. Say we get home from work and we've had a day where our boss has screamed at us all day. We've just had a shitty day. It's just been really bad. Yep. I will touch that tree in my front yard and drop all my problems on it so I don't bring it in the door to my family and put my burdens on them. Yeah. But let's say there's a night where I just can't quite let it all go. I want a woman that I can break down and cry to and have her hold me for a minute and say, you know what, you got this, it's going to be okay, so that tomorrow I can get up and be that rock, that protector, and that provider again and go to work and do those things I'm supposed to do. But just for that one 10 minutes, I just need to be vulnerable. 
And for them, they said if that happens more than once or twice a year, and this is from multiple women, that is too much for them because now they're scared and they feel like they have to drive the ship. And every time that a man cries in front of them, they lose respect for that man and they're ready to leave. See, and this is where I'm telling you, we are not even close to understanding. (laughs) Because why shouldn't you be able to be vulnerable and to because it makes them uncomfortable they feel like they've got to drive the ship that was the answer it makes them feel like they have to start making decisions and they're uncomfortable so they'd rather leave and move on to another man that doesn't make them ever have to drive the ship well good luck good luck yeah isn't that part of a marriage though to both be able to steer where the direction of your life is going (laughs) it should be it should be and i think that you know, there is a sense that, you know, a, a, a fully masculine male who celebrates, there is there is a sense of safety that he provides and that he... And he should. <coughs> excuse me. And he As should. As a man, we should be a protector. So that we can blossom in our feminine because we can't let go. But there's nothing to say that you've got to be a wall and you you should not have feelings i don't want to be with somebody who doesn't show me their feelings because exactly then you've got a problem because it's a time bomb waiting to to blow up you know you've got to be able to come and say i just need to be held i just just need for a minute I need you to hold me. And that's the vulnerability that the woman is not wanting to give to the man. Exactly. You know, because she needs him to be always there because she's not able to hold herself. Mm, And we have to be able to hold our own self before we can get out and hold another. So uh, to kind of carry on, um, I guess it's kind of in a similar situation, uh, a little bit different, but can you discuss the importance of communication and consent in our sexual relationships and how we can work towards creating a healthier and more respective dynamic? Mm. Communication is key in every aspect of our life and every aspect with our kids, with our um, and even consent to the simple point of not expecting each other without asking for consent. So sometimes, you know, like I gave, I was on a podcast earlier and we were talking about the love languages and we were talking about the five love languages. Yep, I've read that and book probably 20 times more. Yeah, it's fabulous. And then I got more for you in the, the the sexual blueprints after that. So there's there's the love languages, but then there is also how you are as a sexual blueprint. So we'll get to that later. Or we'll get to that in another podcast. <laughs> but the the interesting thing about the um about the love languages is when you know yours and then you know those around you, you can begin to relate to and make sure they feel loved by honoring their love language, right? Yes. But I, but I had my, um, 
my ex-husband who is now deceased but my ex-husband he would sit there and he would say come over here and hug me and just think about that how does that land in your body when i say come over here and let and hug me it's a taking right okay it's not saying would you like to which is a consent correct right it's a demand so and it's taking from me so if you say that to me or to my kids long enough we go ooh i don't want to do that anymore that doesn't mm -hmm. feel good that you could say to me you know come over here and let me give you a hug then it's kind of more of an even exchange because you're saying come over here and i'm gonna give you so right. but the so, come over here and give it to me is a demand and right. so words can have I, power can i ask yes. that what about the connotation of the way he said it because to me when you said it i smiled if i heard a woman say come over here and give me a hug you know as a, in in that tone to me that's her playfully asking, I need a hug. And maybe, maybe. So, I, don't know, I, I smiled when you said it because I heard someone asking, they need something, but they're not sure how to express that they need it. So they said it in an almost shy, joking manner of, come give me a hug. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It, it was different maybe for that's me. My intent, maybe that isn't my intent. And adding the words on, would you please or <clears throat> adds the consent factor in there true right i agree it's definitely worded better the way you say it there is more context to it i just i didn't feel the negative connotation until after you explained it because to me right. if someone said that to me i just felt it was they don't know how to express it properly they haven't learned how to communicate it better so it's kind of cute like we can work on that together I, we can figure out how to express that better later but right now it's kind of cute Yes, until it got said to you enough times, gotcha. and then you start getting resent because okay, it's a one-way street and it's taking. Yes, and you'd eventually feel that. Yeah, because eventually you'd be like, "What the heck? She never it's comes over and gives me a hug." Yeah. So, I think consent is very. We need to start looking for it all over the place because there's a lot of places where we just take other people and the way we ask the way we communicate and the assumptions like you were kind of assuming there yeah, and weren't necessarily you know whether or not that was true or not so i know we've gotten in our culture you know the me too movement and uh you know we've gotten into this place of um with the with the equity and inclusion and everything we've gotten to this place of being scared of that word consent but i think when it comes to our sexuality i think we really need to take and take a step back and take an inventory of you know how we're engaging how we're asking our communication our way of communicating body language we don't just communicate with words we communicate with body language going over and maybe like i used to 
have a boyfriend who used to come up and smack me on the back or smack me on the ass. My love language is kinesthetic, is touch. When you come up and you give me a hug or you give me a endearing, but you come up and smack me, it's like you are, re it's like reverberating, like, like you mm -hmm. just hit me with a frying pan. And so that's another way that, you know, if I've expressed it over and over that I don't like that, that's a violation. Yeah. Absolutely. Of you see, uh, one of my love languages is also physical touch. And anytime I tell any kind of, uh, you know, woman or anybody, they're like, well, all men say it's physical touch because y'all just love sex so much. And, yep. you know, I'm I like, it. right, it's right. not about that for me. Yeah. Okay. Sex is cool. I love sex just as much as anybody else, but you know, showing me that affection, you know, giving me that hug and, you know, showing me that, that love holding hands sitting close to each other that it just it fills my cup up you know yeah. putting a hand on your shoulder yes, exactly. just some kind of and and you need to explore for yourself because sometimes that real light that real light touch drives me nuts whereas i like more of a firm touch so even exploring what type of touch you like, what type of um, communication you like to receive through touch. Very is, true. And if someone said that to me in the way that, she, that those people were saying that, I, I really would be pretty sure that I would not engage in any further, like, right relationship intimate relationship right because obviously there's a boundary there that's 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 going to be hard to cross and get okay. more, so, more close and intimate let's let's discuss that specifically where people have two different love languages and mm -hmm. it is hard for them to work on those so for example uh sunza over here in uh reality says her love language is giving gifts Mm -hmm. Well, me specifically, I don't like receiving gifts. So how would we work on that love language? How would I, for example, how would I learn to accept her love language of giving gifts if I hate receiving gifts? Well, you so, speak gift giving. Go ahead. Huh? I, I was saying that uh, Brandon speaks the love language gift giving. Yeah, I give gifts through my language, through my actions. It doesn't necessarily need to be a physical gift, but I, I'm i very much a, I, how do I explain that? You you speak what the love language of gift giving. Sure. <laughs> so you're more of words of affirmation? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. I, if, if I'm daily hearing from you, did you eat today? Did you get enough sleep? I just need to let you know that I still care that I'm proud of you for what you've done today. Those kinds of things do wonders for me, but I don't like receiving a physical gift because to me, that's, you didn't have to do that. It's like, it's different if let's say you, you spent money to take us on a trip. We had an experience together that I appreciate, but giving me, oh, I saw this cup at the store today and it reminded me of you and I thought you'd want it. To me, that's like, you're wasting your money on me. I, that It's just a cup. I, I, it's. I don't need you that in my life. Doing? But if you had spent that on 
lunch and you handed me lunch and said, hey, I wanted to make sure you ate today, that same $10 that you spent on a cup you spent on lunch, I would appreciate it more. Does that make sense? <clears throat> okay, so you're you're letting her know that. You're letting her know that. But you're also defining how she wants to express her love to you. Okay. That's hard. Yeah. That's hard. Sure. Because you're saying... I didn't like what you gave me. Mm. And so you're pushing away her love and you're also making her wrong for the way she's loving you. Mm. Spilled trauma. Big time. Gotcha. So you're feeding into a trauma wound. Okay. And it's better to it's better to sit there and really take and receive the gift that she wants and you can say hey you know a way that i'd really love for you to gift me is to take you know to buy me lunch or something and then let her decide whether or not that's the gift she mm -hmm. wants to give you okay but you all you pushing it away and and making her wrong for the way she's trying to love you you can either accept it and and or you know, find a different relationship because she's not feeding you the way you want to be fed. But you also can sit there and say, you know, if you're not giving her gifts, because that's the way she wants to be loved. So if you're not buying her that cup, she's showing you clearly. And so you giving her words of affirmation, you could say, you know, that cup is beautiful. I really appreciate that. Okay. You know, would be feeding her and you at the same time. Okay. See, because you're, like you're getting apologizing to do some people in my life. That's what that sounds like. I'll uh, I accept it right after this podcast. <laughs> I remember in, <laughs> in the past, um, me and the ex-wife actually talked and she said, you know, one time, because we're, we're really good about communicating and trying to work through our wounds, right? Uh, she said, one time that really hurt me was I was excited. A new flavor of Mountain Dew came out, and I really wanted to get it for you. And I called you, and I said, hey, uh, I just saw a new flavor of Mountain Dew come out. Do you want me to get you a bottle? And you said, no, I've already tried that one. It's an old flavor, and they just brought it back. And it hurt. You didn't Thank mean you. to hurt me, but I was that just was really excited to buy you that dab. Mountain Dew. Yeah. That and was I, I think I got some apologizing to do. Yeah, that's a stab. <laughs> that's like, oh, you know, if you want to bring me one home, that's fine. I've tried it and, you know, it wasn't my favorite, but I would love to receive it if that's what you want to do, you know, or, you know, you might say it in a different way that, hey, that that's really nice of you. And, you know, I, I would rather try this other thing that I haven't tried because I have already tried that. You know, so you could, you could expand on it, but leave it up to her and, and really say, thank you. That's awfully nice of you to think of me, you know, because okay. then you're feeding your, your love language and hers at the same time. So my question uh, for you is, is how would we approach self-care and self-compassion in your work? Uh, with individuals who are struggling with an addiction or compulsive behaviors? Oh, self-love and self-care is where it all, you know, really comes home. 
And, you know, we're talking about the love languages. We're talking about how we want to give and receive. And first we need to do it for ourselves. So if we like physical touch, let's give ourselves a big hug, Landon. Let's, let's give ourselves a hug right now. You know, right. Look at him feel himself up. He's so happy. There's nothing (laughs) that says that it needs to come from another. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because first we want to fill our own cup up. Correct. Finding those things that we like, that we love, and doing it for ourselves. Somebody may be, oh my gosh, I love to receive fresh flowers. Well, go get yourself some fresh flowers. If you, if you know, whatever that is, begin it. Start to cultivate it. Start to bring. Have you all ever read the book Force versus um, Power versus Force? No, I have. I'm not a very avid reader. Uh, ELA is not my favorite subject. Okay. Watch videos (laughs) on YouTube? Okay. Yeah, sometimes. Okay. So look up on YouTube, Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. Okay. Okay. He's passed away now, but he did all the calibration on emotions with energy, frequency. And so when you are in shame, blame, guilt, anger, resentment, all of those, you are at the bottom of the energy scale. When you move up and you start coming into like neutral, neutrality, and then you start moving into empathy, compassion, love, you're moving up. So when you're in those bottom ones and you're doing the self-hate with the addictions, because that's what an addiction is, is basically a lot of self-hatred. So you can slowly begin to bring yourself up to a different emotional frequency. And, And you don't have to jump like, oh, let's jump from hate all the way to, oh, I love everybody. That ain't going to happen. So it's just these small incremental changes that you can make in your life. Go watch a movie on um, YouTube on David Hawkins on the power versus force and on the energy scale. It's transformative. Um, And begin to excavate those lies. Begin to start looking at why you are in these self-defeating behaviors and i have so many wonderful steps that in my work with clients that you know this is we haven't even scratched the surface but it's i mean what is it costing you every day to live in this addiction versus what it is that you truly want in your life right to me, it's costing you everything. You're dead now. You know, yeah. you're, you're you're just breathing. You're taking up space. You're maybe going to work and coming home, but you're not truly living. Exactly. And so what would it be like to come alive and to truly living and living an orgasmic life? You know? Very true. Very true. Uh, what hey, message would you... Yeah. No, let me get one more question in before we... Before we get there can we do that you sure 
Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm just saying, we're, we're at an hour now. I'll be quick. What you got? Um, what What message would you like to share with individuals who are seeking to embrace their sexual energy and pleasure in a healthy and fulfilling way? Every day, pleasure needs to start becoming your priority. What is it that makes you happy? What is it that brings you joy? What is it that you would let, you know, get up, take a walk outside, look around, stick your head up and look at the, look at the clouds instead of looking down all the time. As we look down all the time, we become more depressed. We become in our phones. We become disengaged. Stand up, put your head up, stand in a power pose, kind of like Wonder Woman yeah. or, you know, and stand in that power pose, looking up at the sky and breathe in deeply and be thankful you're alive. I had a teacher tell me when I was young to pick my head up and make sure that I looked forward when I walked. And that is one of the biggest things that has ever been told to me by a teacher, because to this day, when I catch myself looking at my feet while I walk, I remember to look back up. And I feel like that has, over the course of my life, allowed me to look people in the eye when I speak to them. It's allowed me to feel more confident in myself. It's something as simple as not looking down while I'm walking. I can't remember the teacher's name, but bless their soul for giving me that advice because I took it to heart. And I think you're absolutely right. We've got to start looking up, looking forward, anything but down. Yeah, down is is you're, you're bringing yourself smaller. You're bringing your energy down. You're take and think of how many hours a day, if somebody's exactly. looking at their phone, if they're sitting there, how, how over time, their posture, they're not, they're not thinking clearly because their energy is not all aligned. So I think that's some key points that you know will help on that journey. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the power pose because they say that if you hold the power pose uh, for a minute, uh, it actually builds uh, super confidence uh, to get you through the day. So doing that first thing in the morning and, you know, uh, would, would be a great thing. Um, so for our, our last and final question that we Drop the ask bomb, um, every podcast episode, uh, what is one question you wish we would have asked you and how would you have answered that? Mm. Yeah. Okay. So you didn't ask me what orga orgasmic living is and how would I answer that? I think orgasmic living is when you are living true to who you are, not caring about what anybody else, you know, thinks of you or about you or how you dress, what you're doing in the world as long as you're not harming somebody, as long as you're not putting something that really is going to, you know, be a disruptor in society as far as hurting someone, I think we all need to live with pleasure as our priority. We need to play more every day. We need to live life as our playground and we need to connect and have more love and make more love. How's that? Amen. Praise into the choir. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I I say make love to the world, and the world will make love to you. Well, I'm trying my hardest. Good. Good for you. Good for you. 
<laughs> you know, I don't know why that reminded me of this, but there are times where people will say, Brandon, you have such a beautiful daughter. And my response to them is always, I know I worked hard on it. <laughs> <laughs> Take that credit. That's right. Well, it has been absolutely fantastic, Miss St. Clair. I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Typically, we don't go past a 30-minute live stream. So for you to be wow. on for an hour with us, and if wow. I didn't have prior engagements to get to, I would have let this continue to go on. But I really have enjoyed our conversation. Hopefully, we can have you back on another time because I'm sure there's so much more that we could talk about. We didn't even hit 90% of the questions we had laid out for you. Um, <laughs> well, then we have- just like reach out to me and let's do it. Yeah, definitely. Do you have any final parting words for our audience tonight? Um, start the journey. Start the journey today. Um, you know, life is here for you to live it to your fullest. And don't wait until you're 60. Don't wait. And please don't ever live a life of regrets. You know, yeah, don't regret. Don't regret not doing something. Don't regret not making that change. Don't regret not taking that chain, that chance or that risk because, you know, it's, you, it's here for you. And if it can come into your mind, if you can think it, then it's meant for you to live it. So live life to the fullest. And I'm a rep. If you have more questions, if you want to reach out to me, I'm sure my, my information will be in the show notes. Um, and you know, I'd love to support you too in anything you're doing. I really thank you for having me on your show tonight. Um, Miss Marianne, if you wanted to go ahead and give your shout out for your social links, and also if you wouldn't mind sending them to me and I could put them in the uh, show notes and stuff. Super, sure. So on all social media, LinkedIn, um, Twitter, not on Twitter as much, but on um, Facebook, it's all Marianne St. Clair, and that's M-A-R-I-A-N-N-E, and then St. Clair. I'm a saint, not a sinner. So it's S-T-C-L-A-I-R. And then my website is com. And if you want to find, if you also want, I have a free masterclass that's called um, The Biz of Pleasure. And that's thebizofpleasure.com, B-I-Z. And I go through a lot of this stuff in there. Okay. You said free masterclass. You got me uh, interested. Um, and just for a little personal motivation, does it award a certificate at the end I can achieve? Oh, of course. I'll I give you that. brownie points. How's that? <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So, well, well thank you so much. And it's, you know, been such a pleasure. And I hope that I've impacted just at least one person in some way tonight. I hope so. I know we had a lot of people out there listening on reality. And I'm hoping uh, we're up to 1,116 likes, by the way. So they are out there what absolutely loving what's going on. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's nice. Uh, depending <laughs> on the night, we didn't have nearly as many people tonight as we usually do, but that, that's a nice chunk of likes. <laughs> Good deal. Um, Landon, do you have any uh, closing words of wisdom for our audience tonight? 
Uh, yes. Thank you for listening. Uh, we hope to continue to listen. We're going to have uh, a lot of uh, cool people on our show over the next you know, month. Um, so definitely stay tuned. Miss um, Marianne, we appreciate you for coming on the show. Uh, I think it's awesome what you do. Um, this is actually the first time I've heard of modern day muses in a very long time. You know, I've heard of muses, you know, back in the sixties and, you know, twenties, you know, way back when, but, uh, for now and to meet you and have a conversation, uh, it's just a wonderful thing that you do. And I hope that you continue keeping up the great work. Thank you so much, Landon. Thank you. As always, everybody. We love you. We appreciate you. We thank you so much for being part of our Tavern family. If you are listening out there and you have not, you know, decided to follow us or subscribe to us, we ask you now, join our Tavern family. We'd love to have you. Any and every episode is going to be different than the one before. So there's always a chance to learn, to grow, to make a friendship. You, you don't have to go out to the bar, people. You don't have to do those things when you're not comfortable. So if you've had a day where your social battery is drained to zero, get your favorite drink, get your favorite snack, crawl in bed, come on down to the tavern, let us be your bartenders for the night where you're safe and you're in bed. And if you get a little too tipsy, you can go right to sleep. You're already home because you're always at home when you're at the tavern. So thanks for stopping by the tavern.